Hey, so yeah, uh, Code of the West episode two now. Uh, it surprisingly wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be to get this whole thing sorted out on um, Apple and Spotify. Um, if anybody's actually looking into doing something like this, it's surprisingly not that hard if you've got like a website, um, an ability to create an RSS feed, or I guess there's um, like third parties like Anchor where they'll host it for you and put it up. But anyways, yeah, it's um, it's pretty simple. Um, and uh, it was it was definitely kind of fun to just be able to kind of rap for a little bit. So I'm going to do it again and talk to you <laughs> about some other shit. Uh, mainly kind of what the the deal is with the uh, the drop that's happening um, on February 3rd. Um, just just so everybody kind of understands what's going down and why I'm doing it the way that I'm doing it. Um, so to get into more detail about the whole thing, how it came together, um, like I said in the last one, you know, there's been a lot of things over the years that have kind of led me towards doing something like this. And, um, you know, that list of things that makes me happy. And I just started drawing cowboys again, you know, something I drew when I was little, um, amongst other things like dinosaurs and stuff. And I started drawing, I started drawing cowboys again, probably around four years ago, just every once in a while, kind of for fun. And, um, I, I don't know. There's just something I really enjoy about it. And, um, I didn't really think about it any more than that. And as the years have kind of gone on, I've just done it more. And, um, certainly after my, my parents moved up to Northern Idaho, um, oh God, like five years ago now, um, six years ago, it's hard to, I can't remember. It's one of the two. And, um, you know, it was a very, like I was super stoked about it. You know, we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's people like within, you know, shouting distance, you know, if you yell really loud, but, um, you know, it's definitely, I mean, you're, you're not on sewer, you're on a septic system. Um, you know, you've got a big ass propane tank or wood fireplace to keep the house warm. It's, um, it's off, it's off the grid. I mean, I mean, um, there's power. Um, so it's not technically off the grid. <laughs> It's on a grid. Um, but for the most part, you have to be self-sufficient. And um, I, I was spending half my year there usually, and then the other half in Ohio. And then when um, COVID apocalypse hit, I just I just kind of was like, fuck it. I'm just going to write it out there. And, um, and well, and then the, actually in 2019, I was basically there the entire year as well. <laughs> um, basically, what I'm getting at is... Um, it's it, it's rapidly become home for me. It's it's where I feel comfortable. I don't really care for cities very much. I lived in New York City for three years, and I really wanted to do that just to do it. And you know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. That kind of adage. And it was worth it. I totally loved it. Made some great connections. But I loved it up to a point, and when I it. I, th th when I arrived in New York City, I had just gotten done doing a stint of trail maintenance work in the Wenatchee National Forest, which I'd never done before. And that was a birthday gift from a friend who owned a uh, federal contracting uh, business. And <laughs> um, it was, it was a, that was the, the most physically demanding thing I've ever done in my life, going up and down ridgelines and mountains in the Cascades. 
with a crosscut saw and a Pulaski and working 15 hour days, hiking, carrying your food, sleeping in tents. It, it was amazing. It, it broke me physically and mentally. <laughs> and everybody told me going into it, everybody I went out with had done it for a few years prior to that. And so they, they kind of knew the drill, whereas I had done physical things before, but uh, this was something else. And so I got done with that. And that's, a, that's a story for a different time, that whole process. Um, but I got out of the mountains. And then a few weeks later, I took the same pack that I'd taken into the mountains with me and moved to New York city, uh, kind of just to, you know, see what was going to happen. I was going to be there for at least a few months, if not uh, longer. And it turned out to be longer. So, the thing about New York, though, is as amazing as it was, it just sort of popped every fuse I had for a city. And so um, I left in 2016 and that was it coincided with me finishing Carver and going on that hobo book tour I mentioned in the last podcast. And at the end of it, I just decided I wanted to stop over in Ohio for a little bit. You know, I'd gone back periodically over the years, but I just really hadn't spent time with my grandparents or my dad, my brother and my stepmom. And I just, you know, kind of the th other things we've been talking about, I just, I thought that I would regret not doing that. And I had the, the ability to do it, given the fact that my work at the time was all comics. and It wasn't location specific. So that's where I ended up for a bit. And uh, I missed the mountains. I missed Idaho terribly. And that's when I started drawing the Cowboys because I was kind of, it was just in my mind. And like I said, I am not a cowboy. I don't know how to ride a horse. I want to learn um, or rope. But, you know, hard work and being outside is something I'm not alien to at all. It's something that I grew up with. So in the back of my mind, that was always sort of drawing this stuff was always kind of just a way to stay connected to the thing that I knew inside made me happy, these, these places and people. And so flash forward it. 2020, you know, uh, I've agreed with Evan to just come down to Black Rifle um, on a virtual handshake. We'd been talking for months and I trusted him. I still trust him. And we there, there was no paperwork. There was just uh, him saying that if I showed up, <laughs> if I drove uh, 12 hours down there, that there would be a place for me. He'd figure it out. So I did. And I mean, that changed my life, uh, excuse me, in more ways than one. And so with, with Black Rifle, you know, we're going through a, a lot of growth right now. Uh, I came on in growth. We remain a very rapidly expanding company. And it's been, it's been an amazing experience riding this train. And, but it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, it, it doesn't really turn off. And when this holiday came around this last Christmas, 21, I almost didn't go home. Not that anybody was keeping me in, in Salt Lake. It's just that I knew I was going to have to work for a lot of it. And I didn't know if it was going to be better or worse to be up around my, you know, my stepdad and my mom when I happened to do that. But a, a friend, a couple friends actually, um, convinced me that I should probably just go home. And so I surprised my parents and drove 12 hours and didn't tell them I was coming. Um, and uh, it, it was really great. It was cathartic. You know, I was still working, but I was able to slow down a little bit. And I, I don't know why 
but I just decided to draw this bull and we'd been working on something for a thing that's going on a black rifle and I'd had to pull a bunch of reference for bulls and had all these extra photos and I was just sitting down in the man cave, um, which is the, the basement. Um, and, uh, just grabbed this other one that I, this other reference photo that I liked and I was like, I'm just going to do something with it. And I would never put words on things. The thing that, you know, I would not put, I wouldn't like design anything really for things I did personally. And that's something I learned to do at black rifle with the shirts and the products. And I drew this bull and it's pretty cool. And I was just thinking, I remembered the code of the West and I was, it was floating around in the back of my head. And I was like, Oh, maybe I could just do something with that, you know? And, um, through the, you know, I think, what is it? Uh, never corner something meaner than you and put it up and unexpectedly just people reacted to it immediately. And people, people were like, Hey, you know, when are you going to print this? Or is that a shirt? And that never happens. You know, I, I mean, I have a pretty decent following on Instagram just as a, just as a result of, of having an Instagram since it started, but I've never really tried to have a following and I've never really tried to sell anything through it. I, I've thought about it. I've dipped my toes in, but it just never felt right. And I just, again, there's the, the code, my personal code <laughs> with things like I'm a capitalist for sure. And I'm a business minded artist, but I never wanted to do something just for the sake of doing it, you know, just because I can make money doing X, Y, and Z. I wanted to do it in a way that I felt good about and it was engaging and fun. And I thought that I could do it for a while. And the way that the, the reaction to that bull was, I was like, huh, okay, well, you know, maybe there's something here. And so I did the next one, which was the uh, always drink your whiskey with your gun hand to show your friendly intentions. And again, people were like, wow, this is kind of fun. This is cool. When can I get it? Where can I buy it? And it's when Josh Smith and Brandon Lilly started weighing in and just kind of saying that you got to do this in Austin. And so over that weekend, two, two, three weekends ago, um, yeah, two weekends ago, at some point, I think, I think honestly, this is going to sound ridiculous. I think we were watching Yellowstone um, in, in down in the basement and I, just made the logo and it, it just it's kind of like doc brown and back to the future like falling off the toilet and getting the flex capacitor i didn't think about it i just did it I, I i vaguely remember sitting down and doing it but i don't remember any of the decisions i don't really remember thinking about it it just sort of came together and at the end of it i was like holy shit that's a thing and so i did the, i did the shirt mock-ups that night and then you know but once again i'm just kind of like I did it just because that's what we do at Black Rifle. You know, we have a process and, you know, basically it's make a thing, uh, draw it. If somebody likes it, then you see what it looks like on a mock-up of a t-shirt or a hoodie or whatever you're doing. And then, then it goes on from there. And so I was like, nah, this is, it's just, it was like a habit. I just, so I just did the shirt and then I posted that. And that was when people kind of got, thought I thought I was getting serious about it, but still at that point I wasn't, really ready to do it. And I went ahead and made the Instagram. And that was really when I, I was, I was convinced that I should try, I should try this. And I think we're just sitting at over 1100 right now, which I think it took me eight years to get to a thousand again, not trying, but it, it, that it, it's not, I don't really give a shit about the number. It's more just the fact that 
that many people in such a short period of time saw something that's kind of a half-baked idea that really wasn't articulated even. I'm, I'm, in, I'm doing that right now. And they, and, and they wanted to throw in with it. And that's kind of when I knew that I probably should just get past my weird insecurities and fears and give it a shot. So, you know, with all, so with all the branding and everything we've been doing, or I've been doing over the past few years, another thing that I've been studying or paying attention to from the comic book side of things is the direct market, direct to consumer. And in comics, it has functioned for a long time on this thing called the direct market. And that's what feeds the comic book stores. If you've ever been to a comic book store, you're, they're basically buying books on spreadsheets months ahead of time. So if I'm going to have a book that comes out, I need to call, I need to call all of the comic book stores. And this, this is not an exaggeration. And I need to convince them to take a chance on my book without seeing it, because if they do order it, they can't return any of the books. So any book that they order, it's theirs until they sell it or destroy it. So you got to convince somebody that's never met you to buy your book sight unseen. Then on, then because the cycle is so far out, you have to hope or convince them that they'll get the order the second one too. And so what you end up doing is you can usually bump up the number on the first one pretty high. And then you get this drop on the second one because no one's, by the time you can order it, no one's ready yet. And if it's a good first issue, then the number goes back up on the third because they have time to order it ahead of time. But it's it's just a really inefficient, strange way to, to sell media, especially in the 21st century. And so I, I'd been trying to figure out a way to maybe create something where I could just tell my own stories and then self-publish either digitally or physically or both. And um, it it one of the things that I was always sort of surprised by is that in comics we have fans. And I, I don't like that very much. Uh, I don't like being my product. That's part of the reason why I like Code of the West because it's – it's a, it's an idea. It's a story I can get behind, but it's not, it represents me or a part of me, but it's not just me. I'm not selling you Chris Hunt. I'm trying to engage with you in a story that I'm creating and, uh, hopefully some truths that I'm echoing, but in comics, you gotta, you gotta show up at the cons. You gotta sit at your table. You gotta, you gotta hustle and grind and there's nothing wrong with that. But I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted it to be a business. I didn't want it to be patronage, uh, which is what it felt like. And so I kept thinking to myself, like, okay, we've got fans. We've got, you know, you can get a fan base going, but it's, you know, it's, it's not really actioned. It's usually, it's just usually people who just think you're kind of cool or they like the way you draw Batman. And I'm not saying that's bad. It's just, I, I don't quite understand it. And I've, I've been inside of it for like over a decade. So I've, I've been studying the knife makers like uh, Grizzly Forge and, and Josh Smith and Montana Knife where they've got fans too. I mean, Black Rifle's got fans. They just don't do the drop method, which is what I'm getting at. You've got people who are making things and, and are making quality things, but the people who are supporting them aren't just supporting them because of the things that they make. They're supporting them also because of who they are. So it's it's that fine line like I'm talking about where you know, there's, there's product and personality behind it. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it not being 
like them being on equal footing with with each other. Um, and so what's interesting to me is how it, in a non shitty exclusionary way, the knife makers are saying, Hey, I can make this many things. It's going to come out at this time when they're gone, they're gone. I'm going to make more, but these ones, these ones are, are here for a little bit and then they go away. And of course, you know, the difference between making, you know, like, like, like Lucas at Grizzly Forge, he's making one-off, each one's unique. You know, Josh Smith is doing mass production, well, mass production, I'm saying with air quotes, in a small-scale way. And then I'm talking about making prints and shirts and hats, maybe. Uh, well, not maybe, for sure, at least out, out of the gate. And so, you know, in theory, I could reprint these things as needed. And maybe that's what I'll do. I don't like I'm not trying to keep you from being able to get stuff if you want stuff. It's just that I don't have much money and I've got to I've got to be pretty specific about how I do this. Now, what I am thinking about doing is that, you know, each drop would be a new thing, like it would be one of the new drawings or, you know, I've already got like a dozen Code of the West drawings and sayings and things. So maybe I would do, you know, a new one after each drop, and then I could go back and revisit the first few, maybe change the shirt color, change the ink. I, I don't really know yet. That's just something that I am thinking about. Or or I just I just do the same shit over. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I I gotta figure this out. And I'm 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 honestly looking for feedback, which if you want to, you know, if if you follow the code of the West, which is just at the code of the West on Instagram, um, pretty good at responding to direct messages. And if anybody has an opinion about this, I'm, I'm all ears because I, I, like I said, I don't want you to not be able to get it. It's just that I don't have unlimited funds to make things. And I also don't know, I don't know who's going to buy this. I mean, I I could, you know, in theory, go take out a loan and print 10,000 shirts, but that doesn't mean 10,000 people are going to buy it. I mean, I guarantee you 10,000 people won't buy it, but, um, it's got to grow somehow. And this is the only way I know how to do it. Uh, so, so with that being said, what's going to be dropping February 3rd at 7 PM, uh, which will be through the code of the West website, which is the code of the West, uh, dot us. They didn't have a com, And I thought us was kind of cooler anyways. So I'm going to be building that finishing, building out the e-com side of things here, hopefully today, actually. And, what's going to happen is the the store will go live at 7 PM and it's going to be pretty limited. It, it's, you know, basically five to 10 of each size, depending on which size it is, medium, large and extra large tend to be the ones that you go deeper on. So again, I'm not trying to do this in a shitty way and be like, you get it while it's hot, you know, the deals are the deals. It's, it's just like, I'm not going to make a hundred larges, you know? So if you are a small, there's going to be five smalls basically, um, or maybe 10. I can't remember off the top of my head, no more than 10. And, uh, it, I will print more if we sell them. If we don't sell them, then don't worry about it. You'll be able to get your size. Uh, so it'll be the shirt. And I haven't decided which one it's going to be, which one of the images it's probably going to be one of the first couple. I'm thinking the guy that, that, excuse me, that's just on the horse looking back over his left shoulder. It doesn't have any words on it. And so they'll all be back pieces with a left chest Code of the West logo. And there'll be the sand color 6210 uh, uh, next level blank. If you, any shirt nerds out there, 
which I may change up in the future. I would like to find an American-made shirt company uh, that I could that I could source. Uh, my big issue, actually, strangely, with them is not cost or supply chain. It's that a lot of them have these really thick uh, collars that drive me insane, and I don't want to make shirts I don't want to wear myself. So I'm going to try to find a USA-made blank that I don't want to rip off my my body and. Um, That'll again, if we can keep going forward. And so there'll be those shirts, the, the, the screen prints, which I'm actually really excited about because screen printing is actually pretty expensive usually for art prints, but we're using the, the screen for the shirts to make the prints. And so they'll be on a hundred pound vellum, basically board, but I mean, it's a thick, thick paper. And so you're going to have hand pulled thick you know, ink going down on this thing, as opposed to most prints nowadays, I, I'd say almost a hundred percent are digital offset prints, which those are amazing. The quality is great, you know, on a lot of those. And I might do some of those in the future to do have more size variation. Uh, but for right now, I, I like the quality of the screen print. I've always wanted to see screen prints. I, I used to do that a little bit back in Boise for Tree Fort and Duck Club, um, which anybody who's from Boise will know what I'm talking about with Credenza Studio when they were still around. Um, and I'm like I said, I'm excited for that. And those will be numbered. I think there's gonna be 25 of those. And then there's gonna be the hats. And the hats are the one the thing that I strangely am the most excited about because it's 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 the grandpa's cafe hat. If you followed along with me on Instagram at all, it's the hat that you know, the old men, well, every place I've lived, it's been a small town like Westerville, Ohio, where my family's from, where I was born. It's right outside of Columbus, but Westerville's tiny. And and there's always these spots where old men gather in the mornings and, you know, in the more rural, 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 I can never say that word, right? The more rural areas, uh, there's usually like a little group that meets in the mornings around eight or nine of the old men that you know, just to kind of sit around and bullshit, talk about taxes or politics or whatever. And they've all got the the shitty foam. We know them, we call them trucker hats, but they're just, they're just a hat. It, it, you know, when I was little and I was with my dad on the truck, you'd see these hats at like the diesel mechanic shops or small engine repair. It would be the truck stop. Like I've got one here from uh, Burns Brothers truck stop that I found in Salt Lake, but Burns Brothers was a truck stop outside of Boise. And I think it's a TA now. Um, it's it's all red foam, shitty. Like I mean, I just I love it. And so that's they're the blanks are not <laughs> like they're not nice in the sense that like they're not a Richardson two five six rope hat that's like super cool and got the weird feel to it. I, you know, like there's all these like fancy terms for like you know product experience and touch and shit that I've learned over the years. But what I'm getting at is that you know, these are, these are a hat that you've touched before and they're not really, they're not really cool, but to me, that's what makes them cool. And so we're going to start off with, um, it's a Navy blue bill and, you know, mesh with a white crown. And then it's going to have the black code of the West logo in the middle. And, I, I'm like a hat person. I've always been a hat person. And uh, I think because if I do find a company that I, I like that I want to represent, hat's kind of my first go-to. And 
it, it, you can fold it up. You can take it with you. You can have multiples. It's just something that I really enjoy. And so there's going to be 25 of those. And then I'm thinking about, I mean, obviously I'm already thinking about like if I can do a second drop, what I would do. But I'm also thinking about like sort of a bigger thing. And like I did a mock-up of like four different hats. And, and the one we're, I'm just talking about was on on that post on my Instagram page. But um, I'm a big fan of all black with a yellow logo. And uh, I just didn't want to do that straight out of the gate because that's not, that's not the classic hat that I'm thinking about in my head. It's not the Grandpa's Cafe hat, even though it's the same type of hat. It just doesn't, it's a little bit too cool. But it's a hat that I want. And a lot of people actually responded to that one in, in particular. And I kind of, I don't know. I kind of want to make it special in some way. And I don't know how to do this yet because I, I, I was kind of thinking about sort of being a goober head and, and like we used to have this thing back in Boise, a friend group of mine, we used to make short films together and we called ourselves the red cap bastards and, or just red caps. And you kind of had it, you couldn't buy a red cap and it was just a shitty, you know, acrylic red uh, watch cap that we all wore. But if you were in the group, you were given one, you know, you were invited in. And that was sort of like what I was talking about with the last podcast where, you know, we would sometimes like go out to 10th Street Station in Boise and have drinks together with our caps on. Um, we all just knew that we it was sort of we'd all we'd, we'd work together and we'd, we'd done some pretty um, challenging things together. And I was thinking about what I talked about on the last podcast with the, the whole nod thing. And, and I want to somehow find a way to make the black hat with the yellow logo, like the, the real inside baseball hat. Like you got to be given that hat or, or, or create a way for anybody to have access to it. But like, there's a reason, like you're joining a club or something. Um, like <laughs> I was even thinking about how silly it would be to have like a, like a printed membership card with the hat uh, that was, you know, it's it's no different than than the the regular old grandpa's cafe hat. It's just that if you bought this one, it means it means something else. It means that you you know you're kind of like, yeah, I'm with it. I'm really I'm. This is the one for me. Um, and then maybe down the road we would have like gatherings or something. I I don't know. Like if if some of us were in the same city, like the 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 black hats would 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 meet up somewhere. It, which kind of goes against the black hat goes against the the honorable part of the code of the West. But I'm just thinking of fun stuff. So anyways, you know, this is some of the stuff that I'm thinking about. But so there will be 25 hats, 25 prints and, and a smattering of sizes in that total 100. And then that's it. So at 7 p.m. they go live and it's a first come first serve thing. And on this one, I'm going to be doing all the fulfillment myself. So um, it'll probably be a couple of days before I get everything shipped out. I might have to be in San Antonio actually while this is going on. And um, I'll keep you guys posted about that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the one boxing everything up and shipping it out, which based on the website that we're building, shouldn't be that much of an issue. Uh, it, you know, it should be pretty efficient. But uh, I guess I don't want to, I don't want to have delusions of grandeur here. You know, I don't want to say that we're going to sell out, but at the same time, 
I don't want to make everybody think like you're just going to get what you want. If you do want something, you probably should be ready to go at 7 p.m. You know, even if it just means that there's only 10 larges, there might be 10 people who buy large shirts and maybe they don't, nobody buys anything else, but on the off chance that you, you want something specific and I'll, and I'll be releasing photos and product. Well, I should say product images and stuff as I'm getting samples and shit on the Instagram. Um, so you'll see what, what's coming. Um, but yeah, I, I think probably be ready when you can. So to jump back for a second though, um, I just got a DM while we were talking and, uh, it's actually from Lucas at Grizzly Forge. And uh, let's just say that there's something that he and I worked on together that will be coming out soon. He, Lucas Lucas has got a forge out behind the Black Rifle office, which is so fucking cool. Amongst the many things that are cool at Black Rifle that we've got someone like Lucas on site doing their thing. And he's been collaborating with some other people in the art department, which is... Uh, you know, it was part of his first merch drop, which is another thing that got me thinking about this originally. Because on top of the knives, uh, we did some things and the thing that I did for him or with him will be coming out soon. So there'll be more information about that. But, you know, that, oh man, the image is, I'm pretty stoked about it. it it's, it's, I don't want to say too much because it's for Lucas and I want him to be able to announce it and talk about it. But excuse me. <laughs> um, it's very much in line with what code of the West is, what we're talking about. It got him excited. It got me excited when we did it. And I'm really grateful that I get to be around people, you know, on the daily at black rifle that inspire me so much. And, you know, that's really been one of the things I did not expect from coming down here is just how, how much, I would feel included in everything. And I mean, I'm talking about like, these are Rangers and Navy SEALs, Green Berets, uh, recon guys. And of course, not everybody's a, a, a soul snatcher at a black rifle. But the funny thing is of the people that are and the people that come through, they're the sweetest people you ever meet. They're, they're not. And I'm not saying this, like I didn't expect that. Uh, I've, I've had the, the honor of knowing a, a number of people over the years that were combat veterans, but it's just really, it's a next level when you're, you get to be in a building surrounded by these people all the time. And it's a group of people who don't take things for granted and they, they don't take the, just getting up in the morning and having a good day. That's not a, that's not a, a thing that goes unnoticed. And, and to me, that is a very, big part of the, my code, you know, not, not taking every day for granted. It, like I said, in the last one, there were points in my life where just getting out of bed felt like an accomplishment in it. And it was And to be able to be around people that understand that and have also crawled forward or moved on or done great things with their life while also having, you know, gone through or gone on different paths that, that maybe the average person doesn't have to contend with. It, it to, to, to not only have that sort of like shared uh, feeling of, of, of knowledge amongst everybody to just also have so many encouraging people who are all very creative and self-motivated. It, it's just a, it's just a cool environment. And that's, 
again, I'm a broken record, but, um, and this isn't, this isn't a black rifle blog, but <laughs> like, I feel like I'm talking about it a lot, uh, or podcast rather, but it's, uh, being there is such a, a once in a lifetime thing to me, you know, we're, 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 the company's going to change structurally here soon for a number of reasons in a good way, but what they've built for the past seven years, what I've been able to help contribute to for the past two is just nothing short of extraordinary. And to be able to be so close and tied into what, what that looks like. And then the other people that are coming as a result of it, you know, like Lucas, you know, getting to meet people like Mike Glover uh, from Fieldcraft who started Fieldcraft to be able to meet Jack Carr and have that, that experience and that camaraderie in my life uh, is just, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, it truly, I'm not, I'm not trying to be hyper hyperbolic, even if it sounds that way. It, this seems like one of those things where you gotta, you gotta be mindful that it's happening because it's never going to happen again. And it's not to say that I'm not going to meet amazing, extraordinary people down the road. It's just that there's the concentration of people here uh, at this moment is, is just mind boggling. And, and I, and I, and it's special to me. I don't take it for granted. So keep on the lookout for that thing with Lucas. Um, he's grizzly dot underscore forge on Instagram. And he's, I mean, he's got some amazing stuff coming this year. And I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to screw the pooch and talk about too much stuff, uh, but, but he's, he's been making some big moves behind the scenes and he's been making some big things behind the scenes that uh, I can't wait for people to, to see and be able to talk about. So stay tuned there. And, and that'll be, that'll be some cool stuff coming up down the road. And so with saying that down the road, after this first drop, that's when I'll know kind of what the plan is moving forward. So, cause I'm, I'm, I'm doing the podcast thing now. And I know that's kind of, this is kind of asked backwards. I think most people, they do podcasts to get a following and then they want to sell shit. I didn't mean to sell stuff and am creating a podcast just to try to explain to myself and then you what the fuck it is I'm doing. So uh, bear with me while I'm doing all this because it, it, it seems like it makes sense in flow while I'm, while I'm sorting it out. And I'm also enjoying it, which goes back to the gut instinct and what I was talking about with, you know, following, following that yesterday, well, yesterday, I'm, you know, when I recorded the first podcast, even though this will be out days later, but uh, you know, I, I've been pretty, I've been very passionate about following my gut over the years. And that's what led me to comics after being a Starbucks store manager, you know, going back to it and not wanting to knowing that I'd regret not trying it. And then, um, you know, walking away from it at times, you know, I mean, I technically I'm not a full-time cartoonist right now, even though uh, Gary Stevens and I have, been working on a little comic strip for our two page comic for the coffee or die magazine that's been coming out. Uh, I'm still able to keep that, that sort of uh, that knowledge and that uh, muscle memory going. But, you know, I just, I've had people tell me, you know, I'm making a mistake. I had people tell me when I was in New York and I went and I was working at Filson part-time, I was still doing comics people were telling me that I made a mistake and that's disrupting the narrative, you know, which like, who the fuck are you to tell me what my narrative is? Uh, if I want to work at a Filson store, I will. Now I say it like that. Now at the time <laughs> I, I did, I did wonder if I was fucking up, but now I've realized that this is how I I've gotten where I 
it's how I got to Black Rifle was following following this. And so, you know, it's only been in the past two years where I've really been able to look at my life and say like, fuck, you know what? I did this the right way. I listened to my gut and this is how I got here. So with that in regards to the drop and the merchandise and this kind of stuff, like, I think, I think this is going to work in some capacity. And that, that means that I'll probably do another one. Now, if we, if we sell out, then, then I'll do, I, I pretty much have everything ready to go with Brigade, the screen printing shop. We've got things printed to, to make new screens. We've, we've got things ready to go. I mean, I basically just have to press the go button and, and we can do another one. We could do one in two weeks. We could do one a month. I'm thinking two weeks, honestly, just because we can, why wait? But this is just going to be weird. I guess is what I'm, I'm getting at. There's no, I don't know what the, pay, the, the playbook is on this. I just, I just want to make cool shit for people who I think appreciate the things that I appreciate. And again, going back to what the code of the West means to me, I don't, this is, anybody can be in this story. I hope that people who have never ever had the pleasure of having their feet bleeding, <laughs> sitting on a rock at the top of a ridgeline in the Wenatchee's crying because you, you can't reconcile the beauty of what you're looking at versus the pain of your body. For the people who haven't had that, I, I would hope that there's still something that they could get from from this, from the podcast or from the the engaging the community and the shirts and the products and what it represents. And maybe it'll inspire somebody to go out and do that stuff. And I mean, when I went and did the Wenatchee thing, that was a get right. I was the, the, the cliff notes version is I had two of my best friends die weeks apart from each other in 2011. And one of them had terminal cancer and the other one was coming back to see that one. And he was uh, kind of a busker traveling kid. He died on a train outside of Portland to, you know, he's just hopping a train. He died uh, in a rail yard. He fell off the train, hit his head to come back to see Lauren, who was the one with cancer. And then we buried, can then we buried Lauren, you know, a few weeks later. And I was a pallbearer for the first time. And I'll, I'll tell you that story, the whole story at some point, probably. But the, even though that's the Cliff Notes version of it, there was other losses in the same friend group at the same time. And then it created this chain reaction over the years of alcoholism and suicides and just terrible shit. And so by the time that I had the opportunity to go into the mountains and do the trail thing, I pretty much needed, I needed to get outside of my head and I needed to break my body hard enough that it superseded my mind. And that's what happened. And, you know, like I said about the Teddy Roosevelt thing and the testing, that, that was that first moment in my life where I, I walked out of the mountains, literally, and I felt like, okay, I can do anything now. And I'd done a lot of things that were not comfortable and were physically hard over the years with the trucks, with the construction. But this was one of those things, and this is a whole story on, unto itself, um, sometime I'll tell. But, uh, you know, it was a very narrow window of time. I, I mean, it was slightly less than two weeks, in fact. But it it just, it was enough to 
changed my outlook on life, which is pretty amazing to me looking back that, you know, you can have something so visceral happen to you that it just shifts your, your value system. And that's what going into the mountains was. And so, so with code of the West, I, I don't want, um, I don't want people to feel like they, they have to be cow punchers or they have to be, you know, doing the whole PCT or Appalachian trail to, to feel like they can engage or have a voice here. But I will, I will say the point of this is to, to, to focus on those things and to not apologize for them. It is to talk about the people who get up at four in the morning that go raise our food for us and keep our lights on these jobs and, and, and people who we don't even know about, like the first thing that comes to mind are linemen. And if you don't know what a lineman is, it's exactly what I'm talking about. If, if there's a natural disaster and the power goes off, the grid goes down, the first people there before FEMA, before emergency responders, there's going to be trucks of linemen there to get the power back on because if there's no power, there is no help. This is storms. This is natural, any, any sort of natural event. And just in general, just day to day, these are the people that keep literally keep the lights on and nobody knows what that occupation is. Nobody knows how dangerous it is, uh, how physically demanding it is, how also amazing it is to watch people do this, you know? And, and so like, if you want to come and engage with the code of the West, that's cool. I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, but understand that like we're here to talk about these people who I think are heroes, the people who, who did steal a line from Taylor Sheridan and Yellowstone. There are artists that perform for no audience they're incredibly skilled tradesmen that, that are the first ones up, the last ones to go to bed and they're, they're there regardless of a thank you. They're, they're actually there in spite of not being thanked or even, even having their existence known. So that is one of the goals with this whole thing is, is just to have an excuse to talk about these people and, and these roles that still exist. And that's what I think about as the cowboy, as, as sort of the symbol of all this is that it's the person out on the plains, on the ridges by themselves, doing what needs to be done to get the job completed. And I think a lot of that permeates these kinds of trades that I'm talking about, these occupations. And that could be on the East Coast, honestly, the South, the, the Northwest. It, we're not going to be so literal all the time. You know, <laughs> like it's about the embodiment of what this code is and how it's in a positive way permeated a lot of our culture. But, it, you know, it, I think it's there almost across the board, but there's not a lot of reason to talk about it, you know, in New York City or San Francisco. It, it still exists but it's not as, as uh, hit you in the face, smack your grandma in the face kind of uh, obvious way that it is in a place like Northern Idaho or Southern Utah or Alaska, the whole place. Um, so that's, that's really what I want to do. That's kind of the goal here is to just have an excuse to talk about all this stuff and then talk about my family and, and how I feel about them and how these people are heroes to me. And not just my family, the, the, these jobs that I'm talking about and these, these people that do it despite the fact that 
no one knows they even exist. I think that's pretty noble and heroic and stoic. And they don't even know it. Maybe they kind of feel it in the backs of their mind, but but we don't thank these people. And I mean, God, we can't even thank them if we don't know they exist. So, I, I mean, if I end up talking to people, it's not going to, I mean, I might get the occasional somebody that you know, but I, I kind of just want to talk to people that do these things that, you know, like the linemen or, um, God, I'd love to get a, a trail dog on here. Uh, you know, just people who do this shit and have had amazing experiences and adventures. Because that's, that's another thing we forget about. Like, you don't have to be Indiana Jones to, to go have like an adventure. Like some jobs, trust me, it just getting up in the morning and stepping out the door basically is an, an initiation into uh, an adventure. So, so you know, bear that all in mind, you know, over the, the, the next few weeks while this thing's getting going that, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be doing shirts about linemen anytime soon, but I might. I don't know. It's it's Western. It's motifs. I want to get cowboys on here. I we we got a lot of cowboys working at Black Rifle. Um, looking at you, Brady. Um, but uh, you know, I, if anything, it's going to be like, who are these people? What's the what's the distillation of this code in the purest sense of it? But then also, how does it spill out? Like I'm saying into these other parts of Americana. And, you know, I think that there is still good in us. And I still think there is something worth discussing about the American experiment. I wholeheartedly do. And I, I just think that if you sit and deconstruct something over and over and over ad infinitum, you're not going to really end up with anything of substance. You're just going to get a 10th of a 10th of a 10th of a 10th. And, so I just want to, I want to, I mean, maybe it's naive of me to say this, but I want to focus on some of the positive and, or at least just focus on a corner of it for myself and the people that are close to me and the people that understand what I'm referencing, what I'm talking about. And I, I, I'll be real. I, I feel like the rest of popular culture has got the shitty part of it down. Like, I don't think I can add anything there and I don't really want to, to be honest. I think that there's plenty of voices that do a better job of pointing out the faults of, of us. And I, I say what you want about it, but I, I think it's, that's a part of being in a Republic and it's a part of the hard part about living with people is that like, you, we're going to disagree with each other. And so um, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not going to, say that there's never going to be people on here that, that don't disagree with me. I, I kind of want people to come on and have those discussions at some point. But I think for right now, I just kind of want to focus on what my, what my story is as a part of this code of the West story and talk about like what, what could be good, what can be good. Also what's hard and, and not easy at times, but I think that's worth it. I think it's worth it to have, I think it's worth it to dream still. I think it's worth it to, to wake up in the morning and think about what could be, not what is or what has been. I think that's actually how you make things better. 
you know, you have to acknowledge where your faults are, but I mean, you have to acknowledge that because otherwise you don't know where you need to go. You don't need to know how to adapt or pivot, but to, to not know where you want to go past that point, I think that's, that's the, that is perhaps real failure is acting, not acting in the face of, of knowledge. That's a terrible thing, I think. And so, yeah, I want code of the West to, to be a conversation about what the best parts of us are and, and what that could mean in this day and age where we don't really see each other face to face that often. And I'm not even from the COVID point of view, just even before the pandemic, we, most of our communications happening online and not face to face anymore. And I don't think it's inherently bad. I have a career because of social media. If I had come up in comics earlier than I did, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it, at least not the way that I did do it. Cause I, I leveraged social media that which would, no one knew how to use at the time. And I didn't use it the way people use it now. I just used it to communicate, <laughs> which is ironic to say, um, and just talk to people and get a hold of people. And that's how I got to know Paul and how we became friends. So there's, there is such a positive power in this thing. And, and, and I don't want to talk about algorithms and shit like that. It, it just, if I'll say this about it, that like, we all know they exist now. And if, if, you're watching YouTube or Facebook or Instagram and shit's just popping up. That's pissing you off just, or, or winding you up. Just know that that's, that's the point. That's what they're doing. Turn that shit off. Like it, it, it doesn't have to control you. All this stuff doesn't have to control you. You control your own narrative. I I'm attempting to literally control my own narrative right now. And, and I say, hopefully not in a delusional manner, but like, in the way that I'm, I'm espousing, you know, let's, let's talk about what good could be or good is and and let that be the focus for a little bit. And, you know, even if it's just this little corner of the internet, it's about cowboys and rodeo and linemen, I guess, and knife makers. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a goober head and I, I acknowledge that I'm naive and that what I'm saying is kind of naive, but I want, I think stories are important to us. I think it's how we see ourselves. We tell ourselves stories about ourselves and we tell our stories about the world and our families and how we interact with everybody, whether we want to acknowledge that or not. And I think that it's, I don't think that there's anything wrong with acknowledging that. I'm not saying make a story up about yourself and tell everybody you're a, oil baron or something and you work at, you know, Chick-fil-A, I guess if you want to, you can, but what, I, what I'm saying is who do you want to be and how do you picture that? It, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Like still find the truth in it, but, but what's the framework that we want to, we as individuals want to work with. And the framework that I want to work with is the code of the West. That's, that's where I want to codify myself. And, and I'm not saying that you should agree with me or should believe in this. It's just that I think that there's a, there is a, there's a kind of a gathering place or a gathering point here. That's, that's what my gut is saying that there's other people that feel this way and that we can have conversations about it and kind of celebrate 
the good stuff and celebrate the people that work hard for a living in a lot of different ways. So I'll wrap it up there. I think for now, the best place to probably keep track of the podcast and everything is going to be on the uh, Code of the West Instagram, which is just at the Code of the West. And uh, it, there is a website. It's it's kind of ad hoc right now. And that's where the the uh, the episodes are living on an RSS feed, but you can you can access this through Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts now, which, uh, like I said at the, the beginning of this, was actually surprisingly easy. So if you're thinking about doing it, it's not that hard. But uh, stay tuned. I'll have the product photos and things coming out here in the next week, maybe week and a half, um, and you know we'll keep the conversation going, I guess. And maybe I'll start getting some guests on if I can figure out how to add a mic to this whole thing. Um, But um, in the meantime, just thank you again. Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for inspiring me to do this. Uh, I I wouldn't be here without all of you. So thank you. And I'll see you on the next one. 